Welcome to Real World Nutrition. This is episode 93, Chronic Disease Awareness, Empowering Our Health Through Lifestyle Choices. Now today, I am going to talk about the world of chronic diseases, their impact on our lives, and how simple lifestyle choices can help reduce our risk of various chronic diseases. Now, as a registered dietitian nutritionist, that is me, Shelley Rael, the host and founder of Real World Nutrition. I'm going to share insights on the top five chronic diseases, their risk factors, and actionable steps you can take today to safeguard your well-being. Now, I first want to start out with this. Yes, this is Real World Nutrition, the podcast. As a dietitian, I not only talk to people about food, but how it impacts their life and their risk for various conditions, including chronic disease. Now, as a registered dietitian nutritionist, I've worked with many individuals for many years to help them reduce their risk of chronic disease and manage those existing conditions effectively. So as I am addressing chronic diseases today, I'm going to also address their prevalence a bit, but how much our lifestyle choices affect our risk of getting them. Now, first, I want to define what I mean by chronic disease, because I use this term all the time, but realize that not everyone knows what I mean by that or what we collectively mean when we say chronic disease. So a chronic disease is a long-term medical condition that often progresses slowly and persists over an extended period impacting an individual's quality of life. So let me dissect that a little bit more. So unlike acute diseases, something like cold or strep or the flu, where acute diseases have a sudden onset, relatively shorter duration, chronic diseases require continued management and care, but they also take many years to develop. And This isn't necessarily or isn't really something we catch. Chronic diseases aren't something we catch. So we can catch a cold or get the flu or catch strep, but chronic diseases is not something we catch. It doesn't just happen overnight or even over the course of a couple months usually. There are genetic, environmental, and lifestyle factors that influence these conditions. So the top five chronic diseases cardiovascular disease, diabetes, cancer, my papers, (laughs) chronic respiratory disease, and obesity. So let me go through each of these a little bit about what I mean by these different conditions. So cardiovascular disease, hands down the leading cause of morbidity and mortality worldwide. So morbidity means the frequency of that disease occurring. Mortality is how often or the frequency the death is from that illness. So this is the leading cause of disease and death around the world. And I've mentioned this in previous episodes. Cardiovascular disease is many conditions, including heart disease, stroke, and high blood pressure. 
and making heart-healthy choices like maintaining a balanced diet and regular exercise can significantly reduce that risk. Now, we'll go into more about the diet approaches for this in next week's episode for this and all the diseases, but I just want to give you some foundational information this week about these. Now, number two, diabetes. Now, you may have heard of diabetes. You may have family members with diabetes. You may have diabetes. And that is a diagnosis where there's high blood sugar levels due to inadequate insulin production or insulin resistance. So more commonly, it's type 2 diabetes that I refer to, not usually type 1 diabetes, which has a different etiology. It's not considered, well, it is chronic, but that does tend to have a different onset. Now with diabetes, adopting a well-balanced diet, and again, I'll go into that in next week's episode, engaging in physical activity, and maintaining healthy weight are key components in diabetes prevention, risk reduction, and management. Now, cancer. I've addressed this in the past as well, so I'll have links to these in the show notes. Cancer, there's various types of cancer, obviously. They're a classification of disease, but they all have different origins. But various types of cancer, like lung cancer, breast cancer, colorectal cancer, and prostate cancer are definitely classified as a chronic disease, and early detection through regular screenings and a healthy lifestyle, including a nutritious diet, regular exercise, and specifically avoiding tobacco and excessive alcohol consumption, can play a significant role in reducing risk of most types of cancer. Now, number four, chronic respiratory diseases. Again, this is a classification of several conditions, and this can include asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or what we abbreviate as COPD, and pulmonary fibrosis are different classifications or different diseases under chronic respiratory diseases. Now, avoiding exposure to tobacco smoke and other environmental pollutants regular exercise, and compliance with medications can help manage symptoms and improve lung function. So with chronic respiratory diseases, the diet approach or the balanced diet, balanced eating approach isn't as significant in this situation, but it still has a role. And then number five, obesity. Now, obesity is a complex chronic disease associated with numerous health complications, including cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, and certain types of cancer. Now, obesity is not a choice. It is a classification of a chronic disease. And like with most of the other ones I've mentioned so far, a combination of balanced diet regular physical activity, and behavior modifications can help with weight management and reduce obesity-related risks. Now, risk factors for these diseases and regular screenings are important. So risk factors. I have a lot of people who just throw up their hands, shrug their shoulders, 
and say, it's in my genes, what am I going to do? Now, genetics plays a role in our chronic disease risk, but lifestyle choices and early interventions, more, more specifically screening detection and interventions, can significantly influence their development and progression. So by adopting healthier habits, and the earlier the better, and getting regular screenings at the recommended timeline for you that's based on your genetics, your age, and in some cases, your sex, you can take proactive steps to reducing the impact of chronic diseases in your life, no matter what your genetics has given you. So as I've mentioned some of the things earlier is there's many things that we can do that it can address the, address the risk of multiple chronic disease risk and reduce the risk for several of them. So number one, as a dietitian, this is number one for me, but it's really pretty much the top thing that we can do to help our health overall is nourish your body. Have a balanced diet that does include whole grains, that does include lean protein, that does include fruits and vegetables and healthy fats, and limit the intake of highly processed foods, included, including foods with added sugars, specifically sugary beverages, that includes soda and other sugar-sweetened beverages, limiting excessive sodium, because all of these things can contribute to chronic disease. And there's people who will say, no, I don't have grains because of the risk for this. No, there's grains have a load of nutrients in them that benefit our health. Oh, I don't eat fruit because of all the sugar. Trust me, that's not the problem with our country is that people are eating too much fruit. So all of these things, a diet high in plant foods, which doesn't have to be exclusively plant foods, but a diet high in plant foods really helps reduce our risk of chronic disease. And then the other side of this coin of a balanced, healthy diet, movement. Oh my gosh, movement, regular physical activity, including aerobic or cardiovascular exercises, strength training, and flexibility can help our overall health and reduce the risk of chronic disease. And it's not as much as people think it is. It is minimum 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity per week. So what does that mean? 30 minutes, five times a week. Don't tell me you don't have time for this. Now, I tell people, you don't need to run a marathon to get the benefits of exercise. Heck, you don't even need to run to get the benefits of exercise. Because I have a lot of people tell me, ah, I just don't think I can run. Nobody said you have to. Just get moving. Maintaining a healthy weight. Now, this is loaded here, but I want to make sure you listen to this. Achieving and maintaining a healthy weight is essential in managing chronic diseases. But what is more important is moving and getting a really balanced diet. So reach and maintain your weight goals, but here's the thing. Your weight goals may need to be shifted. That weight may not necessarily be in a predefined standard, 
Research has suggested that even a 7 to 10% weight loss, if you have excess weight, just dropping 7 to 10% of your body weight significantly lowers your risk of several chronic diseases. So this is not to say you have to get in a predefined area or weight or body fat percentage. Just making those shifts can really help. Here's a pretty obvious one, at least to me it is. Avoid avoid harmful habits. So not having tobacco products, even vaping or other things. It's not just cigarettes. It's use of tobacco and more specifically inhaling the tobacco as well as limiting alcohol consumption. So smoking cessation, so stop smoking or quitting tobacco in all forms really reduces the risk of cardiovascular diseases, respiratory diseases, and certain types of cancer. And limiting alcohol consumption significantly reduces risk of cancer as well. A lot of people are stunned when I tell them that alcohol is a class one known carcinogen. We know for a fact that it contributes to cancer risk. And then prioritize regular screenings. So I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Routine health screenings are critical in helping with early detection and intervention of chronic diseases. So this includes getting your blood pressure checked regularly getting your cholesterol levels checked regularly, having your blood sugar checked regularly, and getting cancer screenings. That's defined based on many factors, but these can all help identify potential risk or detect diseases in their early stages. So I'm not gonna go through the long list of the timeline of when to get these screenings, just don't put them off. But part of the reason I don't put the timeline on There's been times like while this has happened to me twice, while I'm getting my mammogram, new recommendations come out for at what age and the frequency it should start. Now, it doesn't affect me because I'm already at an age where I need to get them regularly. And then more recently, colon cancer screenings have the age for that has lowered as well. And again, depending on your risk, your family history, other factors, you may need to have screenings more frequently or less frequently than others. So check with your healthcare provider to determine what is appropriate for your age, your sex, your risk profile, and how those screenings will differ depending on your risk. Now I do wanna address more about weight management. So when discussing weight management to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, certain cancers, and other chronic diseases, as I've emphasized, it is not solely about weight loss. While achieving and maintaining a healthy weight is a goal for many individuals, focusing exclusively on weight can overshadow the importance of a healthy lifestyle, healthy eating habits, engaging in regular activity. So making steps to eat well and get that regular physical activity are the best first steps for overall health improvement, regardless of whether weight loss is the primary goal. And here's why. 
healthier eating habits, prioritizing a well-balanced diet, rich in nutrient-dense foods, is essential for promoting optimal health regardless of weight. I've said this thousands of times this year alone. Nourishing your body with foods including fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean protein, healthy fats, provide essential nutrients as well as antioxidants and fiber that help with our overall health and well-being. Blood sugar control. So that nutritious eating pattern focusing on the balanced meals and snacks helps stabilize blood sugar levels and helps with insulin sensitivity. So when I say focusing on balanced meals and snacks, restricting yourself to a very short window of time to eat is not necessarily the healthiest and does not help with stabilizing blood sugar and insulin levels. An eating pattern that is consistent throughout the day is crucial for reducing the risk of diabetes and managing diabetes effectively. And when I say not just consistent throughout the day, but making sure it is balanced between protein and carbohydrate food choices. Now with cardiovascular health, a heart healthy diet, we want it to be low in saturated fats and low or no trans fats more specifically low in sodium, low in added sugars, and oh, shocking here, coupled with regular physical activity really plays a significant role in reducing our risk of cardiovascular disease. So these lifestyle factors, the diet and the exercise, contribute to better blood pressure control, improved lipid profiles, and overall cardiovascular health. So again, I'm talking about the weight management, but more specifically, adopting these lifestyle approaches can really help with all of these things. Now, metabolic health. Even without significant weight loss, adopting healthy eating habits and engaging in regular activity positively impacts our metabolic health markers, including blood pressure like I've mentioned already, blood sugar levels that I've mentioned already, and cholesterol, these can really have an impact on reducing our risk of cardio, sorry, of chronic diseases, including cardiovascular disease and diabetes. And a sustainable lifestyle change. So this is the big thing with weight management and more specifically, so many, so many diets out there. They're not sustainable. For most people, It's like a a shiny object or squirrel mentality. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it that I can do to help with getting a healthier weight? Well, first, focus on eating well and be active. I really sound like a broken record here. And hopefully you know what that means. But rather than solely fixating on weight loss, we want to promote a sustainable approach to overall health. So focusing on what we're eating and not restricting, focusing on being active and not worrying about how much weight we'll lose during that activity, shift to focus on positive lifestyle changes really helps us embrace habits that can be maintained long-term leading to lasting health benefits. So weight is just one aspect of overall health 
but everyone's journey is unique. Number one should be healthy eating and regular physical activity. And those should be the foundation for improving overall health and well-being, regardless of whether weight loss is the primary goal. So I'm talking about weight, but again, what is the primary goal here? Movement and finding the foods that are right for our body. Find joy in nourishing your body. Embrace a positive relationship with food and exercise. Celebrate non-weight-related benefits of a healthy lifestyle. And that can lead to a more sustainable approach to health improvement. And it really is important to acknowledge this. People who do not have excess body weight still can have chronic disease. People who are a so-called normal weight can have cardiovascular disease, can have diabetes, can have... Sorry, I got interrupted there. So people who do not have excess body weight, people can still have chronic disease. So I said, they still can have heart disease. They still can have diabetes. They can still have cancer. They can still have chronic respiratory diseases. So just because somebody appears at a healthy weight doesn't mean, or the so-called healthy weight, I need to specify that, doesn't mean that they are in good physical health. I've seen many situations where people who are at a so-called normal weight or so-called healthy weight have significant disease risk and actually have disease and have died from that disease, that chronic disease. So chronic disease can have a significant impact on our lives, but we have the power to reduce the risk by making informed lifestyle choices. So as a registered dietitian nutritionist, I've witnessed the transformation or the potential transformation that simple and profound changes in eating habits, physical activity, and overall health and well-being or overall well-being can have on our chronic disease risk. So by adopting a heart-healthy diet, staying physically active, maintaining a healthy weight for us as an individual, Minimizing or avoiding those harmful habits and making those screenings a priority. Oh gosh, make those screenings a priority. Quit being a baby and do it. You can take control of your health and lower your risk of chronic disease. Small steps today can significantly help your future well-being. It's easier to prevent and manage than deal with a really profound disease state. So that's real world nutrition for today. Next week's episode is going to address each of these chronic diseases and more specifics on the diet and lifestyle approach to reduce your personal risk, regardless of genetics. So as I said, that's real world nutrition. What I would love to do today is invite you to take a look at the show notes and take a look at some of the offerings I have. One of the things that I have ongoing is a mini course for busy people on making sustainable food choices where no matter how busy they are. So the mini course is six quick tips for the busy person to have sustainable energy check out the link in the show notes for that and how to enroll in that mini course today. It is something that really 
is beneficial to a lot of people where they can make small changes for a healthier lifestyle and healthier habits today. All right, you all take care this week and bye for now.